Sustainable sobriety is here. You can create predictable and consistent results in your alcohol-free journey without abstaining from alcohol the entire time. I always say that taking your last sip of alcohol isn't necessarily always the first step for success. You want to eliminate your desire for alcohol, not just simply not drink. Keep the needle moving forward in your journey, in your transformation, no matter if you do drink or you don't drink. The trap of stopping and starting in moderation is really what always keeps you stuck, but you can embrace an opportunity to move forward without the burden of counting days, and it is all available to you in the Sustainable Sobriety course on my website. Follow the link. I will see you there and I will walk you through step by step. This is the most affordable and efficient way to get from where you are to where you want to go, where the desire to drink truly is a thing of the past. I will see you there. Do you ever feel like you're outgrowing alcohol, that you are longing for a deeper connection to life? If alcohol is keeping you playing small and feels like the one area you just can't figure out, you are in the right place. Hi, my name is Mary Wagstaff. I'm a holistic alcohol coach who ended a 20-year relationship to alcohol without labels, counting days, or ever making excuses. Now I help powerful women just like you eliminate their desire to drink on their own terms. In this podcast, we will explore the revolutionary approach of my proven five shifts process that gets alcohol out of your way by breaking all of the rules and the profound experience that it is to rediscover who you are on the other side of alcohol. I am so thrilled to be your guide. Welcome to your journey of awakening. Welcome back to the show, my beautiful listeners. Thank you so much for being here. We are continuing our conversation this week with part two of three of Love and Alcohol with Dr. Siobhan. And last week we ended our conversation with the question about boundaries and ultimatums. So enjoy and make sure you're taking notes. And I would love to hear your feedback and what came up for you around really thinking about taking full 100% personal responsibility for your role in your relationship. And when it comes to changing your own personal relationship with alcohol. Okay. Enjoy boundaries or standards. And we could talk a little bit about the level 10 self um, and ultimatums, (laughs) because I do think, especially in this kind of dynamic where, you know, people's personalities do change and can change pretty quickly, even from a small amount of alcohol, like the energy does shift. Um, How would you suggest if someone is in that They've made the change. They're confident with where they are. They're still going through their process, but the other person's just not really ready to look at that. Um, what would you suggest someone like do to really just like be able to still maintain their own protection, their own boundaries? Yeah, that's a great question. So, right, we remember that boundaries are things that you do to protect yourself. So they're not about the other person. They still have free will. They're agents of their own choices. And so when it comes to that, and I've coached um, 
a few clients on this where one partner over drinks and it's like, you have to set up for yourself, your own rules of what's okay for you and what's not okay for you in a way that is not judgmental or in any way intentionally penalizes the other person, right? So for example, I had one client I can think of specifically a couple where whenever they would go out socially, if the husband, this was the the dynamic, if the husband drank too much, the wife would just go home. She would just make arrangements for herself because she did not enjoy being around him at that level. And instead of stewing in the corner, upset that he continues to drink, the decision that she made was that what was best for her, rather than continuing to expose herself to emotional upset, was to remove herself from the situation. And I think that those are options that you have to, now, is there discomfort that comes along with that? A hundred percent, right? You have to be willing to make the emotional exchange, right? Because exposing yourself to a situation that is uncomfortable due to the level of drinking that your partner is engaging in versus setting a boundary so that you're not exposing yourself to it, that's not an easy thing to do. It's really trading one set of emotional discomfort for another set of emotional discomfort, but being conscious of that choice of like, I'd rather feel this way, right? I felt rather feel a little awkward leaving the party early than saying something that's going to judge my partner, make us even more disconnected, et cetera. So again, the boundaries are all about you. I think to your question of ultimatums, it's it's interesting because I am not a fan of ultimatums, but I do think that there are some boundaries that skew the line of being an ultimatum. And I think it's more the way that I like to think about it is this is my choice, right? So if you're in a relationship where really you know that remaining with this particular person at their level of drinking is just not healthy for you and it's not the relationship that you want to be in, then that gets communicated as this is not right for me, right? Not like if you don't change, I'm going to leave. That's the ultimatum language versus this is not right for me. I can no longer be a part of this, participate in this, remain in this situation. And that is, again, just you putting up a protective bubble for yourself for what you allow yourself to be exposed to or engage in. It has nothing to do, it's no judgment, no criticism, no sort of controlling of the other person. It's just, this is the decision I've made. And I don't want to like negate how difficult those conversations and arriving at a place like that can be because it's incredibly difficult. It's incredibly difficult, but it is also very self-honoring. And again, I think that's the exchange that a lot of times feels really hard to make because there's so many consequences. Um, so that's that's my take on boundaries and ultimatums. Well, and one of the things we talked about in the program were non-negotiables, right? To for for yourself. Like and and there's, you know, there's kind of a spectrum of 
you know, if you don't take, if I have to tell you to take out the garbage every week or ask you to take out the garbage every week and remind you, and you said that was the thing you were going to do is a little bit different than, you know, you turn into an asshole (laughs) every time we go out. Right. And so it's like the non-negotiable is for me, if you are drinking, whatever it is, like, even if you're drinking at all, I, I just don't want to be hanging out with you. Right. And um, so, so I think it's good to look at that spectrum of for me. And so everyone like this work is about personal responsibility a hundred percent all of the time. And yeah, it's challenging because we want our, our natural inclination as humans is to defend, right. To defend our point because we're the center of our universe and we are always right. <laughs> always. But, but, <laughs> You know, and yeah, and and um, there was a point that I was going to make. Oh, so I think also coming to terms with knowing there are people that I've worked with where they're like, I'm not leaving this relationship. Like, mm-hmm. I know that yeah. I'm going to be leaving this relationship. So where, you know, and what, one of the first things I would say is to take yourself to the place one something we do is called the marriage check-in where we look first at what is working. And so if you know you're not going to leave a relationship, how do you stay? <laughs> because this subject can really overshadow, right? It's like that person starts to have a drink and you're like watching. Yeah. It, right. Yes. You're just like, yes. and then the place where you just were, and I think like if you were drinking and you're watching them, like you could kick into some empathy a little bit, but somehow people lose that. They forget. They're like, oh, like, how can you not see this? Right. So yeah. anyway, you yes. you're not leaving the relationship. How do you stay happy? Yeah. Listen, I love this. I, I was just in a group um, and someone had asked this question and here's my di- very direct and empowering and life-changing perspective on it. So the first thing, if your mindset is, I can't leave this relationship, let's just check in with that, right? Like you can do anything if you really desire to. So you want to like pass the litmus test of, do I have some limiting belief that makes me believe I literally can't leave this relationship, which I would challenge all day, every day, right? Then I don't want to leave this relationship, right? Then you get there potentially. So if it's, I don't want to leave this relationship, I'm not going to leave this relationship. We have to recognize that in that shift, there is choice there that your choice is to stay. And then if your choice is to stay, given the circumstances, given the reality of that relationship, you get to own that. It's literally like you are re-signing up for it for as long as you choose to stay. Now, granted, maybe you started the relationship, you both drank and it was, you were signing up for something that felt a hundred percent aligned or maybe you didn't know your partner's drinking was as heavy as it is, right? And now you're moving out of it and they're staying in it or they're deepening into it even more, right? Either way, once you recognize that like I've decided to stay, you get to own that choice. And this is the concept of when you own your choice, it abdicates your partner 
from responsibility for changing or doing anything differently to make you feel better about staying. This is hard to hear. It's really hard to hear, but it is so liberating to know that this person has shown me fully who they are, fully where they are, fully what they're going to continue to do. And I've said yes to that. And when I say yes to that, that is my choice. And let me just be on, like transparent. I don't ever shame anyone from making a decision to stay in a relationship that they know is not really what they want. We have a lot of different reasons. And so in the process of owning your decision, you have to look at the reasons of why you stay, because those are the reasons that matter more to you than the fact that you're with a partner that is drinking at a level or the relationship with alcohol within your home is not what you want it to be. Right. Every decision in our brains, we're just weighing the reason I want this is more important than the reason I don't. And so that's the operating system that's going on in your mind. And you just want to tap into that. For many people, it's, well, I want to keep our family together. Honor that. Steep yourself and like marinate in that desire as much as you can. Because then you'll recognize, well, I'm getting what I want the most here. And what I want the most is for my family to stay together. And with that, then I don't have to get all upset at my partner. I don't have to try to convince them to do something differently so I can feel better about staying. I own my decision to stay. And I look at the reasons that I love for why I am staying. Yes. I'm like snaps all around that. I just got so many chills because that is so like, it's such a great way to detach and know that you're getting what you want, right. Within what's with it, what's in your control. Um, and, and be able to focus on something that feels really good too. Right. If it's like, yeah, of course people are in relationships for so many reasons. If it's like, because I don't have to worry about finances, right? And this person, and you know, I think that there there's a, a, like ways to take your brain to about to like what is working. This person has this thing going on that I think is a problem. Maybe they don't, right? For them, it might not be a problem, even though. <laughs> I full well think it is. Now they might think it's a problem too. And then that's a kind of a different conversation um, that can create a different dynamic. But you also have to take that personal responsibility too, to say like, this is my opinion about their behavior, right? That like, I could also change that, that it's maybe not a problem. Like, why is it even a problem in the first place? Right. And I think that's where the boundaries come in, right? If you're a person that's good at creating and setting boundaries, then their drinking doesn't have to be a problem. Meaning a lot of times, or you want to distinguish between, is it because they're drinking and I just don't like that? I don't want that in the home. I don't want it around. Or is it because when they drink, they then show up a certain way. So if it's when they drink, they then show up a certain way. That If that in any way is now infringing on your personal boundaries, then that's when you get to set up the boundary to create an experience for yourself where you were not exposed to that. So that may mean like, oh, this weekend you're going to be drinking. When you drink, I know that this happens and this is how you treat me or how you speak to me. And I don't like that. 
this is what I'm going to do for myself to protect myself from not being exposed to that level of treatment. But that is different, right? That's different than like not being in the relationship. You can set up some boundaries that protect you from harm. And then you can also make peace with your decision to continue to be in a situation that creates these potential experiences where you are, you know, emotionally harmed, then it's, it's just a different set of things, but you want to be looking at them in concert with each other because they are interrelated. Yeah. Yeah. It's so powerful. And, and it's only going to deepen the work that you're doing for yourself. And I think if it's kind of the flip and I I've seen this before too, where one person is like, I don't, this kind of happened with Matthew and I, where he, and I'm even, this is still my opinion is that his personality very much changed. He kind of wanted to like burn it all down, like got weird, (laughs) but I was like, no, I'm fine. Right. Like I, I can just like, I'm happy. I can just go to bed. I don't do any weird, weird stuff. And at the time I wasn't really willing to, to examine my own relationship with alcohol, although in some full well knew, I mean, I wanted to stop drinking for many, many years. Um, and so I think if you, I personally think if you're going to have a request of a partner, regard, regardless if it's drinking or not, um, I think you need to actually ask yourself too about what your relationship is, because people don't always realize that saying no to a drink actually does create resistance for me. But because I think that this behavior looks problematic then now I'm kind of othering them too. And if it's something that's a dynamic that you do in the relationship, I mean, it could be parenting, it could be the way you show up for the household, like it could be any of that. And something that I've explored a lot in this coaching program with you, with with Matthew, is knowing what my needs are first and like really looking at myself first and doesn't happen all the time. It's definitely a habit and a practice um, before understanding myself first. What needs do I have that aren't being met? What do I really need when I engage with this person or ask them for something before I'm going to have this request, especially if it's something really big or saying like, you've got a problem, you need to change. So tell me a little bit about about what you think about that. Listen, Everyone hop on over to my podcast. Yes. (laughs) I literally, the one for this week, and I know this, this will air um, later, but I have a whole episode on things that bother you about your spouse and the six things that you have to look at within yourself before you say anything to them. Okay. And that is it though. This is the work. And I know that you are doing this work, right? Where it's like, I am unhappy or frustrated or angry or triggered by something they are doing. Why? And most people don't pause to ask themselves why. They just look at it because they're wrong, right? Because what they're doing is not the right thing to be done. So instead of immediately trying to, again, get out of that emotion, because that's all you're doing when you attack them or try to control them or say something to them, you're trying to get out of that emotion. You want to understand it. Why is this bothering me so much? What is this about? What is going on with me? And in my podcast episode, again, it's the things that bother you about your spouse. That will take you through each one of the places that you want to look inside to find the answer. Right. And it could be anything from like 
things, messages you received as a child that, that a parts of you that weren't okay because your parents couldn't handle it. So you learn to cut that part off. And so maybe your spouse is drinking is them being so playful and light and fun. And maybe now that you are trying to get out of drinking, maybe you're focusing more on discipline and their lighthearted fun bumps up against that for you. And so it feels like it's in conflict and you don't know how to allow space for both of those. There's so many, so many deeper layers and levels to why you're bothered by something your spouse does then they're wrong. And so you absolutely do have to master the skill of just pausing and asking yourself why and going inside to figure out what is this bringing up in me that I'm having such a problem with this. Yes, we will link that episode for sure. Thank you everyone for tuning in. Don't forget to go back and listen to the first part of the series and to tune in next week for our final installment in this series, Love and Alcohol, where we answer just a couple more dynamic questions. So being in this area all the time with so many different dynamics this shows up for people in so many different ways, right? Whether your partner drinks or doesn't drink or makes you responsible or makes fun of you or whatever it is. So next week, we kind of talk about giving, getting some kind of negative feedback from your partner because you've changed the dynamic um, and a couple more circumstantial questions. So tune in, apply what you've learned today and see how it really shifts and empowers you. Take your power back, show up with curiosity and unconditional love for yourself and the person that you've chosen to spend your time with and really shift your perspective from this is a from this being a problem to how can we go deeper here how is this an opportunity for growth have an amazing week and I'll talk to you soon as much as I know you would love to you cannot wish yourself alcohol free you have to take action to do something different. So what I want you to do is head on over to my website, marywagstaffcoach.com, where you can download the free training of the five shifts of intuitive drinking, along with a free guide of questions that you can ask yourself every single day when you have an urge, when you have a craving, when you wake up in the morning, you can make it a ritual practice to start to observe yourself in a new way. And it will guide you through the process of learning to tap into your own deeper knowing so that you can develop a new relationship to yourself, which will in turn and your relationship to alcohol. MaryWagstaffCoach.com to register for the free on-demand training right now.